Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat, powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. On today's episode, we are joined by accountant, personal finance blogger and speaker, and author, Bookie Smart. Bookie is an accountant by profession who uses her spare time to enable young people succeed in their financial lives by running the Save, Spend, Invest platform, which aims to empower young millennials to save better, spend wiser, and invest smarter. When she's not crunching numbers at work, writing blog posts, or hosting events on personal finance, she enjoys reading and traveling during her spare time. On today's episode, Bookie joins us to discuss financial health during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello champions, welcome back to another episode and today we're going to be talking about finances, financial health at this time of crisis during COVID-19. Welcome Bookie. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so I am a personal finance blogger and speaker um, by night or sort of every day. Um, But my actual day job that I get paid to do is accounting. So I'm an accountant at a professional services company. Um, And that's just one of the things I really enjoy doing actually is finances, helping people and businesses to sort of, you know, make sure that they are, you know, get into their financial goals. And I think that transferred from work into me then starting Save, Spend, Invest. Um, And then we have a podcast as well. I wrote a little book as well um, on just getting started with personal finance. And outside of all of that, I like to travel. I like to write. um, And I've really gotten into sort of reading lots of books over the last couple of years. So yeah that's oh, that is awesome that is great it sounds like you've got quite a nice um full active varied life <laughs> yeah for sure. and did you have any travel plans this year that have been interrupted by covid yeah i was going to do a three-week europe trip actually uh just after this easter up, up until beginning of may so that just went out the window but the good thing was i was able to get a lot of money back because exactly. i had bought everything as refundables, just sort of as things were, you know, starting to progress. Um, so yeah. I just thought, you know, sorry. So I managed to get basically all my money back. So that was good. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I think COVID's definitely affected quite a lot of people, especially in terms of their finances. Um, and obviously that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I was just going to ask you in terms of your work in personal finance, what mm-hmm. problems have you seen or encountered so far with the current crisis? Um, so you mean like me personally, like, or the questions that people have asked me? Yeah, people that have, people have asked you or things that you've had to deal with on behalf of other people. Yeah, I think the main thing is people, um, sort of saying like, okay, um, two, two parts to it really. People who have lost their job, um, and they're like, okay, what do I do next? You know, where do I go from now? Um, from now? 
people who didn't have emergency funds or um you know they don't know if to start dipping into their savings even if they didn't call into an emergency fund and on the other side of that there are people who um still have their jobs but they're like okay what do i need to be doing now how do i make sure that i actually end you know come out of this much stronger because in as much as i will get into this way in as much as you know a lot of us are saying like oh you know we have tons of money now to save from all the travel socials etc it's quite easy to spend this on other things and not realizing because you just think like oh i'm gonna you know spend on amazon and go look you know do some shopping and all these things and you actually have spent the same amount of money that you would um in a regular month but yeah those two are the two sides of the coin i'd say yeah definitely and i can definitely attest to that fact personally as well in terms of spending because a lot of my my spending is on travel and seeing people and because I've, I've not been spending that money i bought myself a new coffee machine and then i've not had a tv in my flat for 10 years and i was thinking actually this might be the time to buy a television but i've actually i've actually stopped myself from doing it so i'm actually really that's my good thing that i've done in covid not buy a tv but i think quite a lot of people have actually been spending quite quite a bit of money because you know there's you're not really doing anything so yeah, as well right like people trying to sell you from fitness to equipment to so many things that you should be doing seminars all of that yeah, yeah. online classes workshops yeah. yeah so still money going out <laughs> it is it is and the government came out with this covid19 job retention scheme um for people what what exactly is that so that job retention scheme, um, it's basically to provide support to employers so that, you know, they can still keep their employees because for a lot of companies, especially sort of small, medium um, companies, startups, ETC, the, the majority of their cost is actually wages and salaries. Um, and so most of them came out to say, we, you know, this, but this, COVID-19 is going to cause a financial stress for them. A lot of people were already making decisions to lay off people quite very early on, actually, because once you sort of forecast even three to six months is still a hefty cost that a lot of companies couldn't bear otherwise they were going to have to you know go bankrupt or actually close shop um, and so the government came up with this job retention scheme for coronavirus to basically provide support to employers which um, means that they can keep their employees on but then the government would actually pay them 80 percent of wages for those employees that are being kept on um up to 2500 pounds which is actually quite decent and then it's up to the employers if they want to pay the remaining 20 percent or if they can't actually afford it then you know just say we can cover up to 80 percent of your current salary yeah and i suppose that's that's quite good of the government to do that and so that that 80 percent is that what a furlough is because it, it, it's a word that i'd never really heard before um apparently it's common in the u.s but it's not something that we're used to here yeah, I think that is a furlough that that is correct that is um the, the government scheme is to place those workers in furlough and when you're in that period you actually can't do any work for your employer so it's almost like taking a, an absence leave but still getting paid for it um and at that point it's basically that the employer doesn't have any work for you to do or they just can't afford for you to be at work so sometimes um you know employers would do that as a short-term thing so they can manage, manage cash flow and then bring those workers back when everything is back in balance. But now seeing that COVID-19 is such a, well, short to medium-term impact, um, yeah. a lot of workers are just being placed on that without, you know, employers saying, oh, at the end of it, we'll bring you back. I think they'll sort of have to reassess yeah. at that point. Yeah. And are these employers who have then put someone on a furlough, does that then um, 
is it within their power to then decide who they take back and who they don't take back once everything settles down yeah so it's completely up to the employers some employers actually would not even decide to go on that scheme for reasons of their own whether that is that um because with all these grants there's always you know something that they might have to pay back or there might be clauses and things like that that may actually mean that they are not getting the full um grants and so those extra costs can actually start to add up so it's completely up to the employer to decide you know which employee which employees they want to actually put on furlough if they can put them on and then which ones that they want to eventually bring back yeah and I can imagine that that time you know obviously we're looking at they, they initially said 12 weeks of social isolation but it's looking like it might actually go on a bit longer um, yeah. than that obviously that's quite a lot of time to be at home especially if you were working full-time previously or you know you're working in hospitality which is you know very demand a demanding job but now you're not able to work those kind of people who like keeping busy are they able to then do other work for another employer while furloughed to their previous employer i think there's some flexibility around it so they've re they've removed a couple of restrictions i think it depends on what sorts of contracts you have and also what your employer would have so for example if you're put on a follow with one employer they likely don't want you working on a similar like a competitor okay. um you're like maybe working in social media um which might be a little bit more flexible that might be allowed they might be like okay you can go work for another company but then if you're in like financial services for example um or a different industry where they're like you know this information that you have here is probably quite useful mm. then in that case they wouldn't want you working so i think the government again has left it to the employers to say you know you decide but the government themselves they've you know taken away a lot of the restrictions um not allowing you to do two jobs at one time yeah okay and what about those who have lost their jobs so let's say because obviously it's all the employers rights isn't it who they furlough and who they lay off yeah what opportunities do we then have for income for those who've been laid off not obviously of no fault of their own but because of covid yeah i think it's difficult because you know most people just have a full-time job really yeah. um, even if they have like a passion or a hobby that they do on the side most people actually don't have other things other you know forms of income coming in especially ones that are quite um tangible quantifiable so i think at that point it gets difficult in terms of just saying like okay where are you going to get money from i think what a lot of people are trying to do is see how they can still make money somehow so actually leveraging those passions or hobbies that they've you know just been having on the side yeah. and actually saying okay can i do an ebook and sell it can i you know host a webinar get people to pay 10 pounds can i do a live i like you know you hit so many things i think a lot of people have started getting really creative yeah. in actually how they can make money um and you know that is definitely encouraged like you should sit down and actually think about your skills and you know the sort of experience that you have and see okay who is paying right now because in as much as there's so much money going out and there's um there's like freezes on like um wages and salaries i think there's still a lot of money coming in for people who know where to charge um people or where the money um is being spent at the moment so online um entertainment fitness these are things that people want to do and are willing to pay for because they even have the extra money to pay for it now so people just need to sort of start to pivot their mindset and actually think like okay where can i make money from at the moment with my skills
Yeah, yeah. And what about universal credit? Is that something that's still going on? And are people then now applying more for it? So universal credit is still available. Um, there's still like um, DWP, Department of Works yeah. and Pensions. A lot of them are still open. Okay. I think that they are sort of rationing it out again because there's they are expecting and there are a lot of people who are going to claim it um, and they're sort of doing it on a case-by-case -case basis. And I think the plan is like, if you still can get some income or you know i've said to some people go back to your employers people who have actually been laid off like go back to your employers and ask them to follow you because then you know it might be some cost to them but the majority of it is not anyway and it's a government supported grant and so they have said okay let me do that and some employers have actually said yeah sure that makes sense um while others have gone you know we can't do that for whatever reason so i think that there is still universal credits available but people um it just might not be accessible to just anyone and everyone at any point yeah and um what about of going sort of talking about pensions and things as well and normal outgoings because we all have these outgoings and a lot of us live either above our means or just right on the border like just a yeah. So 10 pounds, just an extra, you know, a, a t-shirt from Primark, just that, just enough. And um, so our mortgages go out or rent, car payments, all those things. How, how are people then, what, what recommendations would you give to people? Are the banks, you know, being merciful with credit card debts, payment, paying back on time, you know, um, your credit history, all those things that you've been trying to build over such a long time. What is happening with those? Yeah, so I think earlier in March, when things really started to ramp down and cases started to spread really quickly, a lot of banks started coming out to say they were going to do three months um, where they wouldn't charge you interest on your um, on your either credit card or your overdraft. Um, but I think you needed to call them. I don't know if they've changed that right now, but I still think that you need to call them because they don't just want to offer that to people who can actually still afford it, right? I think they're, they're sort of thinking about people who are like, I have no more income, you know, but I still have bills to pay. I still have credit cards etc mortgage you know rents all of that um and they're like okay call us and let us know where your situation is and let us then tell you what is available and so of what is available you know they they're given like three months breaks for people who have mortgages or rentals um some landlords have actually said that they would give a three month um rental break because then they'll be able to get some support from the government even though the government haven't said anything um but i think that they're foreseeing that the government will have to help them because you know they can't also not give and then not get anything yeah, yeah. Um, in return so some um landlords are offering that but mortgages the government has definitely said that to financial lenders that you know they should be willing to give a three months break and that doesn't mean that you know those payments would um they would stop for three months but it would just be added back to the end of your repayment term so say you had you were coming up to you had a 25 year mortgage and you were coming up to the 25th year they will add that extra three months at the end just so you know everything is fair yeah. and then in terms of um 
in terms of bills and utilities, things like that, I think, again, it's just calling up the providers and just saying this has affected me. I think the word on the streets is that everyone or every provider should be willing to be flexible at this point. So all everything from like car payments, insurance, gyms, um, you know, water, electricity, all of that, like whatever is coming out of your direct debit, you just need to pick up the phone um, pretty early, actually, and then just call them and say, yeah, can this be put on pause? Um, or you know what sort of flexibility can you give me um some might say okay we might not be able to stop it for three months but can you pay half every month yeah. you know so it's just sort of finding out what is available and again i think they're doing this on a case-by-case basis as opposed to just saying like oh yeah everyone is going to be put on um you know everyone's going to stop their car payment for three months yeah yeah i suppose that's good in terms of them being merciful because you know when it comes to finances we everyone believes that the taxman is ruthless and so are the banks. Um, so the fact that there appears to be some mercy is quite nice. But going back to the furlough, that 2,500, is that tax free or is that, is the HMRC going to then take tax out of that 2,500? So unfortunately, it will still be like you're getting a salary and you still do have to pay tax on it which some people are like then what's the point but i think their point is just still getting back something obviously um they're still trying to work out the details and maybe at some point they'll see if tax needs to not be paid or maybe there's a way for you to be able to claim that tax back or something of the sort but i think at the moment they're treating it like a normal salary um where you would get you know your tax and your ni taken out of that um but i think for less than 2500 it's quite low anyway you should probably be on the basic band rates which is probably the lowest amount of tax um yeah so not great but you know it's still some because i'm just thinking that obviously as as that goes lower as well with 20 percent obviously coming out by the time if they're taking out all the normal things so tax or student loans or um whatever it was that they were taking out before once that money actually comes in it might actually be less than minimum wage for some people um depending on on what it is and so for them you know it'll it'll be quite a bit of a shock dealing dealing with that yeah which is i guess you know why i said some employers are like no they don't want to still put employees on the scheme because there is still a cost to them um and again you know it would add up even if it's tiny it would start adding up if they just put all of their employees on that because they still have that cost to pay yeah yeah and um so at this time how do we how do we say because obviously financial health is still really important the the impact of finances on a lot of people's mental health currently is you know it's through the roof yeah. Um, but how do we so people who are still working or are furloughed and have a decent cushion to lean on or have you know taken up Instagram live or YouTube and are and money's coming in somehow yeah. what how should we save at this time I think the most important thing is to just like sit down and, and say okay I'm not doing, you know, I don't have my usual expenses. Your biggest expense um, at the moment should be either like your mortgage or your rent. Um, And again, even with bills, 
you can still sort of negotiate that um but you just need to sort of reassess and say okay where am i right now what is available to me and then say for example if you have a mortgage but you've been able to get those three months payments okay great you can save that amount of money um you know all your socials and things you would normally pay for you can save that so just actually sit down look through um your incomings and outgoings and just say okay out of you know, I'm not doing anything but sitting down at home. And this is what I normally either put aside for savings. And this is how much more I can contribute. But it's important that we don't just have a figure in our head and be like, oh, of course, I'm not going out and I'm not spending any money. So I'm saving, but actually sitting down to have that amount and say, okay, out of this, I want to be able to save this amount of money because, you know, I have this mortgage, um, three months allowance. I, you know, I've canceled most of all of my bills, you know, I've removed all my subscriptions, ETC, and just be very specific. Um, and I also think that it's important for people to save towards an emergency fund because, you know, you might have a job today, but we don't know how long this is going to continue. And so even people that think that they might have job security, I mean, what we'll find out in these times is that absolutely no one has job security, right? Because every industry that I can think of is impacted one way or the other. If it's not directly the business, it's the employees um, who are being let go of. So I think that everybody just needs to sort of plan um, for the next six months and actually say, okay, this is how much I want to have saved in the next six months. How can I work backwards and make sure I'm hitting that? That target. And um, so obviously emergency funds are things that a lot of people talk about, um, have, you know, have your emergency funds separate from your savings account. And, um, but this is not an emergency that we normally talk about when we talk about emergency funds. I mean, oh. emergency funds are normally like, oh, you need a new tire or your engine's gone. You need a new freezer. Not, um, the world is on standstill because of coronavirus. Um, <laughs> so the previous plans and the previous ideas that we had about emergency funds, whether it was a lot of people would normally use like, okay, yeah, I have 1K or 2K in your emergency fund. Does that still apply now in this emergency? Well, as far as like, is it an emergency? Should you be going into those funds? Yeah. And what happens once you've used it up? Because if it was, it was only a thousand for a family of four and you know, there's no money coming in now. What next? Yeah, I think, I mean, for sure, if you can, if you still have some income that you can plan for, you should definitely start categorizing a lot of your funds as emergency funds because we are basically in a state of emergency, even as far as like, like nothing is normal, right? Even like grocery shopping is not normal because you're not spending the same amount of money because you're trying to think like, there might not be pasta next week. (laughs) So let me buy some this week. You know, so it's it's just very strange. So you should constantly be thinking, um, you know, I need to put as much money as I can away. If you have no job and you're running out of an emergency fund or you have run out of emergency fund, you need to then activate your next emergency fund, um, which is, again, what I said earlier about trying to get something in the door, um, trying to leverage your skills. Even if that takes a bit of time, I think you sitting down to have a plan and say, oh, look, I have a blog um, and, you know, I get quite you know, I have X amounts of subscribers, maybe 500 subscribers. If I even got 50 of them to pay me 10 pounds each month or a hundred pounds, again, a lot of people have cash 
sat down so you need to switch from consumer mindset to contributor right let somebody else be a consumer let them buy your products um or the, the service that you're selling but that's where you need to go to and start thinking about how can i make money some way um otherwise really i think it would just come down to seeing what support is out there so for some people who are like self-employed again the government has some grants that are going towards that if for some reason you don't you know you don't qualify for that grant um you know there's still so many things i think the princess trust as well is coming um has said that they're going to put out um, a relief as well for people who are self-employed but they don't have a limited company or they haven't been working as self-employed for up to a year things like that so there's a lot of things going on that we just need to sort of assess our situations and say okay where am i right now what is available to me either in a job can i go back to my employer and actually ask them can you please put me on furlough even if it's only for the next three months even if it's only for two months and that way you can plan okay i have this amount of money coming in or you can leverage your skills and say okay is there anyone um you know within my audience that would be willing to pay for a skill that i have based on my based on my experience or based on this passion or hobby that i've been running for a number of years um and then and then going as well to governments what grants or reliefs have people put out there have the government put out there have you know trust and etc put out there um that is available for me and then i think finally you may have to go to parents um or you know friends and just be vulnerable and the, the truth is again some people have more to give um and it might not even be them you know completely covering your salary you probably can't ask that of one person but if you get a couple of you know really good friends that you trust and they just know your situation and you're able to sort of work you know a plan and say okay everyone if you can please pitch in 50 pounds if you get 10 friends or family members to pitch in 50 pounds that's already 500 pounds um you know so just seeing you know sitting down and actually doing the math of what you need and what is available to you yeah yeah that, and that's that's really good i suppose just taking stock of what you've got and just being honest with yourself as well yeah um, and is this a good time to invest is it is it wise to invest is it foolish to invest is it foolish <laughs> not to invest what what should we do now what like i mean you know what, what do we do because even you know someone was saying oh yeah if you always invest in food and nestle and stuff like that you'd probably always be okay because people are always gonna eat but mm -hmm. it depends i think these are really interesting times to be doing anything with money like it's not just as easy as saying like oh yes everybody should be investing now because all the company stocks are like really cheap yeah and all of that i think the sad truth is that a lot of companies are going to fold from this um, because they just could not afford it and because they um you know their finances weren't in great shape so a lot a lot of the big companies that we actually look at and say like you know of course they'll be here in the next five years they actually might not be if they cannot actually survive COVID-19 even with like government support there's still a lot of expenses and so I always say to people like you shouldn't even think about investing if you don't have one any money coming in um or you don't have like a good enough emergency fund such that you know again like i mentioned with job security you might have a job this month next month your employer might reassess and be like we actually can't afford you anymore so you need to think about that and have that um 
that amount of money saved up as an emergency fund and at this point i don't even know how many months of an emergency fund you should have just because we don't know how long this will go on for so normally we'd say like three to six months but again you know three to six months we might still be here yeah. we don't know yeah. and you want to be prepared for the worst case scenario so if this lasts up until the end of the year you want to be fine um with or without a job if you've you know sort of done all of that and you're like yes you know i've been i've been in my bag for the last couple of years i've been putting my head down i've actually saved loads of money i know some people are actually also switching strategies so i i know a girl who was previously saving for buying a property later this year and she had hit her deposit amount i think in january um and she just had like you know fees and um other like furniture that she was starting to save up for but she got let go of and immediately she had to go i actually don't have an emergency fund because i've been busy saving for my deposit so now half of that deposit she's had to sort of say this is going to be my emergency fund for the next six months whilst also still planning to okay where else can i get income from um so a lot of people's plans will switch like that if you wanted to buy a new car or you know a big capital item you can switch that amount of money but then if you do actually want to invest you need to be thinking long term and think do i really think this company is going to be here in the next five to ten years right and it's not enough to just say like oh they're large or they've been here for the last five or ten years because if we take for example amazon amazon has been here for the last two decades right and we think like oh my god of course they're going to be here for the next 10 years but it's like, is it of course though? Because they are not, I don't think they're turning a profit yet. Um, they have large overheads and logistics expenses. And to be honest, if they're not able to get enough revenue to take out those expenses, they can get folded quite quickly actually, um, because they would have insurmountable debt that they can't pay. And Amazon owes a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> so it's not like you can't just think like oh, i'm going to invest in amazon because they'll be here in, you know in another 10 years we don't know that you have to really be careful about where you're putting your money because the worst thing that can happen is you saying like you know this company is great they've been here you know they opened last five years i think they're doing well you you know they're branded everywhere and you know i'm just going to put lots of my money in there and then you know even if they survive covid19 they might not even be here for another year because of the impact of COVID-19 so they might just be able to survive you know at the very end of um, COVID-19 but six months 12 months they might actually end up shutting down and then you know what happens to your money at that point so it is quite scary um I think people just need to be very careful do lots of research do lots of like due diligence um make sure that you're speaking to financial advisors make sure that you're calling up um, whatever investment platform that you're thinking about and just saying like hey this is what i want to do in a best case scenario in a worst case scenario can you talk me through my options yeah yeah and in terms of um things like financial planning for the future so you'd said you know that having an emergency fund is, is something that is always recommended three to six months um you know in advance how do we in a non in non-covid times yeah because this is this is like you know the surgeon general of the u.s described it to pearl harbor and nine what nine you know nine eleven times and i don't necessarily agree that it, it's similar to pearl harbor or nine eleven, but it definitely feels like sort of wartime um setting but those are not the things that we really plan for we don't 
sort of sit down and say okay so if you know there's a pandemic and all of that happens what am i i mean some people do because they've watched too many conspiracy movies but most people don't so how do we how do we plan properly so once all of this is settled down how do we then look at our finances and say basically what i'm asking is is there a good percentage formula that we should look at in terms of how much we're putting away how much we're saving what goes into investing, what goes into an emergency fund, and how how can we actually live within our means so that when things do happen, we have a, a nice safety cushion before we have to make significant changes? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And I think at the end of this, everyone will be reassessing their finances. Mm-hmm. I think the good thing about this is it gives everyone a chance to actually see where all their money goes to, especially people that always go, I'm broke all the time. I have no money. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, are you really broke? Because <laughs> this is going to show you exactly what you spend money on. This is when you realize like, oh, I thought I was spending £100 each in a month, but no, it's more like 400, you know? So then you're seeing the savings and you're like, oh, I'm saving a lot more money than I thought. But that's because you're not spending. And so I think at the end of this, when we're really sitting down to reassess, we have what is important to us in very, very clear focus and actually seeing like, am I happy with my spending choices? I doubt that a lot of us are going to come out of this and just jump back into life. Like nothing's happened. I think a lot of us are going to start shifting our mind as to where we actually spend our money especially you know people who have managed to actually save a lot during the period is going to be like oh now i have you know this amount of savings that i've never had before what do i want to do with it what are my goals now so that might be the time when someone might go oh you know i never thought i could you know save for this deposit you know in less than five years but you know it's more looking like a year and a half maybe two years and then what you want to do is that okay your mindset is I'm going to buy a house in two years what do I need to do how can I maintain this amount of savings um we're going to find out a lot of people are cutting down things that they don't think is important um a lot of people would you know all the subscriptions oh my goodness people have like 150 to 200 pounds worth of subscriptions it's insane you know how much we actually spend and I think that again, when we come out, we're just going to be like, do I need all these things, especially things that are recurring that are like five, six, seven pounds that we don't realize that we pay for because we don't look through our statements, you know, in nitty gritty, we're going to, um, be like, Oh, you know, when you're now that you're not spending anything, when an alert is going out, you're going to notice it more than before when everything was sort of blurred into the lines. And so you're going to come out of this thinking like, okay, this is how much I plan to be spending on subscriptions. This is how much I plan to be spending on groceries. This is how much I'm saving, um, you know, long-term. And then, you know, if people who didn't have, um, again, access to certain things that they wanted. So if traveling was the goal of yours and you, you always felt like, oh, I can never save enough to travel. Well, guess what? Now you can because you assessed your 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 finances and you realize that oh maybe I shouldn't be spending every Saturday brunching or every Saturday at Nando's. <laughs> you know, you could actually save that money and be like, oh, I actually put that money aside. Now I can afford to travel. Um, but yeah, I think it would just be reassessing what's important and then saying, okay, how do I maintain the good financial habits going forward? And then you know, putting you know, saving 20%, maybe investing um, 10%. And then even with your 60 or 70% that you're spending, intentionally spending so that you're creating a life that you want to be living, not just existing. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's, that is really important in terms of just being able to actually look at what you're spending your money on. Because um, when you were just saying it now as well, when you said uh, that you think that you're spending £100 eating out, but you're actually spending 400 I just realised, I was like, I've not actually had sushi in a month. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's true. Yeah. I've not, I've not, I've not had sushi. I've not gone to Wagamama. And those, those are things that I normally, I don't even count them as eating out. Yeah. I'd normally just be like, oh yeah, no, that's just like, that's just standard. And when you then add these things up, you then like, actually, these are not necessary in terms yeah. of, and especially when you, have- you can't have them outside of, you know, COVID-19. It's just like, do you need to be having sushi three, four times a week now? Exactly. <laughs> that's it isn't it how frequently do you need to have these things and who should we who who should we talk to about our finances so um because a lot of people go online and then they then become more confused but who would you recommend that would give us a good basic understanding for the you know freshman in terms of money understanding yeah i think it depends on what you need so if you are just looking for someone to sort of sit down with you and like review your budget and you know maybe even point out some areas they think you can cut i think you can you know speak to someone that you trust um as like a personal finance advisor or a personal finance blogger or just someone who is credible enough to say okay they know their stuff and i you know i'm going to trust them because in the past i've had people you know share their bank statements statements with me but then the process to get them to do that was so long just for them to feel comfortable and you know you're in someone's business and that can be very uncomfortable for people especially people who don't want you to actually know what they're spending it, on it's it's exposing though because i'm even thinking about it i i wouldn't i don't want to <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can see last months but i don't want them to see last year's <laughs> yeah it's just yeah or it might even be that it might just be okay this is my budget um for the next three months three to six months um Mm -hmm. you know can you have a look at this and you know tell me if this is all right do you think i'm saving enough is there anywhere i can cut back on maybe or even i've actually um i reviewed someone's one and she was saving like 60 percent, and she was like i'm just gonna sit at home and do nothing because she lived with her parents so she didn't have money to a mortgage and I was like, that makes no sense because you will be miserable. You will probably be depressed. You have anxiety and all these things. And I was like, okay, if you really want to be aggressive with your savings, save 40, 45%. But then I think it's important to do, you know, spend money on the things that um, you enjoy, you like. So I was like, you like traveling. You're, gonna, you're not going to travel for 12 months because you're saving aggressively. Like you're going to actually end up being worse off at the end of the day. So, um, you know, you can do that as well. You can, you know, when it comes to investing, you can also like speak to, like I mentioned earlier, um, whichever investment platform that you're thinking about getting on, just call them and just be like, hi, I'm thinking of, you know, joining um, this investment platform. I have a couple of questions and they are really, really on the ball because they're trying to get you to join them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're giving you their undivided attention. They're answering all your questions. They're pointing you out to resources where, um, you know, you can get guidance from that would actually help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a last resort, I think you can even call your bank really and just say okay this is my situation i've got these these many direct debits going out i need to make them stop (laughs) how do i do that yeah yeah Um, and i've been fortunate actually to get quite a few good bankers who they're just really good to talk to because they actually understand how people end up in debt or in credit card bills and they can point out you know really quickly things for you to do to make sure that you don't end up in a in a rut basically so Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned the big bad B word, which is budget. Um, <laughs> what apps would you, <laughs> what apps would you recommend that we use for, you know, for budgeting, especially, you know, a lot of people don't like spreadsheets. They don't like writing things down so much, but when it's on an app or, you know, it's flashing red or they can see that they're going past it or it's linked into their, um, bank apps as well. Sometimes that might help. So which, which ones do you find are quite, quite good? So, okay, I'll start from actual budgeting apps. So mm-hmm. there's two that are really good. Um, one is called Yolts um, and the other is called Clio. And those two are really good because they actually look through your bank and they, they, um, they put things into the different um, expense categories. So at the end of the month, I think Yolts gives you a spending report, um, whereas um, Clio tells you if you've been able to save or if you've been able to hit those goals that you want. So those two are really, really good in terms of just seeing things. Um, and you can obviously go in and say, okay, this is what I'm working towards in terms of my goals, or mm-hmm. okay, I don't want to spend above this amount of money on coffee, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to banks, a lot of the new, like, challenger digital banks so monzo starlin revolut they're great as well for budgeting so with monzo for example i use monzo i would go in and um put um the amount of money that i want to spend in each category and then whenever i'm getting close to it so if i say eating out i've only put like 150 pounds and two weeks in i'm already 140 <laughs> you know it would it would start to tell me like oh you're close to your limit monzo um, really annoying with that yeah 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 it i mean it's annoying but it also makes you you know aware like really like how have i spent or like you know what am i spending on and again because we're tapping and we're so used to not being like conscious of our spending you know it does take an application notification for you to realize like you tell it like i'm two weeks into the month and i'm nearly half of my butt like yeah. like how like what did i spend on and you can start to you know people like oh i didn't plan this person's leaving drinks or oh i went for a bridal shower that wasn't in the budget you know all these things that come up and then that can help you plan better for the next month maybe then you have a 10 percent buffer yeah. um so that if anything comes up you know it's covered because i've, I've put a little 10 percent away but those sorts of banks as well are really really good with you know the user interface and just helping you sort out the different categories from personal care to you know transport etc because most of us um are not going to be going anywhere apart from to our fridge and back <laughs> it would probably just food that would be the only category but those trips to the fridge are something else they're they're an actual food an actual problem they, yeah. they really are an actual problem it, yeah yeah it's um yeah that's going to be a thing after covid it's like yeah. where where did my waste go like, <laughs> yeah i mean on the flip side though lots of people are getting into like home workout i bought a couple of home workout things that's good and thought like, okay, I'll be disciplined. But it's a lot harder to get into than I thought. So. Yeah. I think you definitely need an accountability partner with, with those kinds of things, especially if you live alone and you're doing it by yourself and you've not planned to do it with anybody. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. definitely... Yeah, sure. <laughs> accountability is key in everything, really. Even with like finances, you telling someone that, you know, you have this savings goal, like there's almost nothing like it because 
every time that you're not hitting it either monthly or every time you know Monzo is telling you've gone above your budget and you're still spending money yeah. you're thinking like uh-oh at the end of the month I have someone to report myself report to. yeah 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 especially if you're showing them you know your your um, statement and they can see exactly what you spent it on yeah. when someone else is asking you was it absolutely necessary to have Nando's two weeks in a row by yourself at home um <laughs> I, I think it, 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 it humbles you. Yeah. I, guys, I'm, I'm talking about myself here. I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody. I'm shaming myself. But yeah, I think it really, it really does. Um, and I think these are definitely times to be able to then reassess what we're doing with our money. Um, and then come out on the other side with good financial health. Because obviously money is also one of the main reasons relationships break down as well. Um, and so, and actually talking about that in terms of marriages, has the government done anything for couples at this time? Um, you know, cause normally you can have, a, you can have a partner with a tax. There's something different with the taxes, isn't it? If you have a partner that's not working or something. Um, yeah, I think it's how they're able to split, um, the money that they're getting from the partner who's not working. Yeah. But the government actually hasn't said anything, uh, with regards to, you know, couples themselves. They're still dealing with it as a, yeah. on a case by case individual basis. But I think, I, I think as sort as time goes on, because this all really unfolded within less than a month, yeah. to be honest. Um, I think they're very overwhelmed with yeah. actually how quickly things are moving and the actual financial impact, mm-hmm. not just on the economy, because that can be like, oh yeah, the economy is down, but on individuals, you know, people in homes are really um, going to feel it the most. So they need to come up with a plan to make sure that basically they can turn around the economy again and, you know, have people living quite financially good lives. All this money that they're giving everybody who who's gonna who's gonna pay off i don't know if you've seen the meme your children and their children for a thousand generations is that is that what it is basically you know what i think i i think so i think no one has actually stopped to consider like how are we getting all this money from a government that says there's no money for nhs there's no money for this there's no money for startups there's no money for entrepreneurs and small businesses how are we funding this i think we might not realize it, but things are going to get expensive very quickly. Um, I, you know, I can already imagine, you know, it would be little things. It would be like, oh, an increase in, you know, transport by 10%, an increase in um, mortgages and in, in lending fees, you know, whatever they need to do, they're going to have to get the money back. And ultimately it will be taxpayers that would pay for it. Right. Um, so that's really where it's going to come from. And it's like, like you rightly said, that means that, you know, your family or your children and your children, like this is going to be a long time because they're talking in billions, right? You know, with the amounts of people that have lost their job, the amounts of companies that might not be able to survive this, they're going to lose billions. And, they, you know, they have to pump that back into those people somehow. So, you know, it, it's going to be like a circle, just, you know, one, one funding source moving to the next funding source. But ultimately, you know, some people will be getting, some people will be the ones paying for it. Yeah. Um, but it would balance itself out. But I do think that things might get expensive from next year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a very, that's a somber thought. Um, yeah. but let's, let's live on a happy note. So give us a championship point that is a bit more upbeat than uh, thinking about all the taxes we're going to be paying for the next well, I guess <laughs> my lifetime, that's it, isn't it? But yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think the summary is that you know there's no need to be anxious. There's no need to fear. Um, we are living in uncertain times. Everyone is going through it. Even the best of people, even people that have their jobs, everyone is still feeling this in some way and somehow. You just need to take control of you know your health, your finances, your well being, and um, and do what is right for you. And really sit down and count you know count the cost and you know look for more ways to diversify your income look for ways to cut down I always tell people if you have no savings no emergency funds and no job every subscription needs to go there's no Amazon Netflix you know Spotify Apple Music everything needs to go you need to start you know getting your friends passwords I'm sorry to say but you know you need to start asking people for their Netflix passwords and their Spotify accounts because you just cannot afford it um right now but it's it's just about assessing where you are and then knowing that this too will pass and you will come out at the end of it I mean God willing hopefully soon sooner rather than later but until then you just have to hang really tight with your cash and you know be very conscious of what you're spending on and don't go around shopping don't go spending 400 pounds on you know groceries and eating out because cooking is long to do every day but you know you can't then go you know what? I'm not cooking for the next two weeks I'm just going to eat out <laughs> for the next two weeks because then then you wouldn't really come out of this better than you went in with it so yeah just you know all will be well that's what I want to say all, all definitely will be well so don't worry too much that's awesome all will be well this too shall pass thank you so much bookie for coming on today's episode thank you so much for having me this is awesome. <laughs> thank you for joining us on today's episode do share this podcast with two people who have not heard about us before remember that this podcast in no way replaces advice from your own doctor or physician do subscribe and follow us on social media leave us a review on itunes so that others can access the amazing content And do join the club at aslicehealth.club and drop us some suggestions or questions that you might have. Don't forget to be a health champion wherever you go by separating health fact from health fiction.